This is one of the more special episodes we've ever done on this podcast. Kieran B came on to talk my favorite movie of all time, Top Gun Maverick. We buzzed the tower and gave it just a little push past Mach 10 on this one. And I really, really hope you enjoy it. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Circuitverse and at Rev Almanac for all of our great content on sports and pop culture. And hey, while you're over there, follow at Best Picture Cast and vote right now in their sub 50 tournament. And as always, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Streaming Circuit, the podcast that never thinks, just does. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined once again by Kieran B. What's up, man? Adam, here we go, baby. I got my wings on. I'm ready to go. You know, whether you put me in, in air or not, whether I got to wait on the on the aircraft carrier and wait to, to come in and reserve, I'm still ready to go. It is all Top Gun time. Doesn't matter what anyone, anywhere at any time thinks we are here to talk top gun maverick baby nice yeah we both got our uh got our navy whites on and we're ready to roll we're ready to fly and uh couldn't be more excited the right movie won that's right we won't be fooled again no uh it survived the mission impossible 2 onslaught and came out on top in tom Cru- cruise movie madness if you got any feedback from that yeah uh our buddy corns was uh yeah, do i, was do a- I- I want to know why people want to hate me. <laughs> he was a big supporter of you. He was all about Mission Impossible 2 making a run. I couldn't believe it. Um, uh, but yeah, good feedback. The episode's doing well. Um, it was a blast. And uh, and and poor Fallout. Hey, <laughs> at least it, at least it came in and and uh, and screwed over uh, screwed over the MI7 in the end. You know. Yes. Yeah. It's still roaming around somewhere in the back, wondering <laughs> wondering when it will get its shot. But yeah, we're here to talk about Top Gun Maverick, the movie that won Tom Cruise movie Madness. And you can argue it's the king of madness right now because it has a second place and a win, which no other film has. So that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Although Into the Spider-Verse might have uh, taken two wins if it had been eligible for animated. But it wasn't, so you never know. And Everything Ever All at Once definitely wasn't going to win a second one uh, unless Joey R came on for it again. I say once you're in the winner's circle, you're in the winner's circle, you know, that's, that's, you don't need two crowns, but. Well, yeah, because we're doing uh, uh, 33 of these. And then once, once I hit 33, we're going to do like a, an, a, a tournament of them all. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, now, it's... do we have a, do we have all of us come in and start fighting with each other on the microphone? How does that work? We each that, get a region. Who knows? Well, hey, you're the, great. you're the, uh, you're the brain trust here. So you and Pete Davidson. Yes. Yes. Pete Davidson. He was, he was quite upset with you. He was hurt. He, he wanted to know what he did yeah, to you. And he, shame. you know. well maybe we'll meet at taco bell one of these days and hash it out there you go so before we dive in i want to recap the road that top gun maverick took to the crown it beat night and day in the round of 32 interview with a vampire in the round of 16 jerry Maguire in the elite eight a few good men in the final four and color of money in the finals now which film gave maverick the biggest challenge for you when were you the closest to not picking it to win Easy answer is Jerry Maguire. Just because, just because Jerry Maguire is to me the biggest definition of Tom Cruise's career. It it molds all the different aspects of what he does as an actor, of, of what he is as a superstar. His moment in the spotlight at the Oscars, in addition to the blockbuster nature of the movie, 
I think that that movie best defines the essence of Tom Cruise, but we'll talk about what this movie does for the essence of Tom Cruise too. So uh, that that is the only thing. I mean, to me, if there was a, if I were to hand pick a finals, it would be Top Gun Maverick versus Jerry Maguire. Interesting. I thought for sure you were going to go a few good men. I would have bet a lot of money on that. Interesting. I like yeah. the pick though. Cool. All right. Um, so we're all, as always, we're going to do the draft, but before that, relationship to this film what uh what do you think of top gun maverick obviously probably pretty good it oh boy it's a loaded <laughs> question because i mean so top gun maverick i mean and we're going to talk about this as we go i mean this is a movie that has been kicked around and in the making for about a decade until it's released so the idea of there being a top gun sequel initially is going to meet eye rolls for me i mean it's just kind of like here we are in the late 2010s and everything has to be a sequel everything has to be a franchise everything has to be attached to something so you hear something like that and it's kind of meh you know i i, I don't I, I don't i don't really care for that i don't care for that mentality of filmmaking and we get closer and closer to 2020 when it's supposed to come out and then here 2020 comes and then you know the the uh, the day the earth stood still or whatever and um you know now top gun mavericks now coming out after the theaters have essentially met their apocalypse and now it's like okay you know this is a movie you got to come out and see and i remember there's there's certain movies i remember sitting in the seat and i can still feel the seat under my ass and this is one of them man and when that that initial score kicks in in the start of this movie Man, I I just it it won me over from the second it started, and the second those credits rolled, and yeah, my relationship with the movie is is my memory of that of of sitting in that chair that day and letting the movie wash over me, and I'll, it's something I'll never forget to the day I die for sure. Yeah, this is it was an incredible theater experience. It's the only movie I've seen four times in a theater. Um, I I'd seen a few movies three times, but this movie I saw four times. I, my mom went to see it. My mom hadn't been to a theater in like a decade. And she was like, can we please go see Maverick? And I was like, yeah, I'll see it as many times as anybody wants. My aunt and uncle went to see it. They hadn't been to theaters in probably three decades. It was incredible. I mean, I was high-fiving strangers at the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, we're all just like so excited. We're high-fiving like, yeah, they did it. Is It's such an incredible movie. I think it's an unbelievable piece of art. And yeah, funny, you know, on your Rain Man pod, the original one, you guys talked about it and like, did that already come and go? Did we miss it? Um, yeah, you heard my funny. tone in that. You heard my tone <laughs> yeah. in that. I was kind of like, oh, great. There's a sequel to that, whatever. You know, that movie I saw 30 years ago, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I don't actually love the original Top Gun like all that much. I think it's a good movie and it's fun, but it's nothing that I find I hold that close. And so I was surprised that this movie, because it is my favorite movie of all time, Top Gun Maverick. And I was surprised because the original is not anywhere near that for me. Yeah. So for context, my relationship with the original Top Gun, and we talked about it a little bit in the tournament, I grew up on that in a sense is that's one of those movies that, you know, you're at your your friend's house and your friend's dad throws on and you're sitting and mm-hmm. watching. And I remember how much anxiety that opening scene gave me where the guy is just freaking out and tapping the picture of his, his mm-hmm. kids and his wife at home. And like, that's, I remember that, like, that's, that's an early memory of anxiety in film for me, you know? So I'll always go back to that scene. And, and, and of course, um, of course, goose dying is, uh, is mm. tough and the great balls of fire and about all. And, and like yeah. as a little kid, it was a movie I really loved, but as an adult, 
not one that I go back and rewatch, like not one that I've, you know, it, it was one I revisited before I, I went and watched Maverick and, you know, I remember and relive those kind of nostalgia of those scenes, but I don't, yeah, no, it's not a, it's not a, a film that I hold in high regard. It's kind of, I remember it as something I loved when I was, was a kid. I totally agree. And this movie's awesome. What would be your call sign? If you could pick your oh, call Oh, we're sign. doing it right now. Okay. Oh, is that one of your right. picks? Oh. Uh, no, no, it was oh, okay. going to come up in combo, but I just didn't think it would okay. happen this early. Yeah. Uh, I, so for me, you know, my last name is Black, so I'd have to kind of go off of that. Um, so, I mean, I think like blackjack is probably a, a good way to go. You gambling in the air, you know, blackjack. Um, I, I have a couple of people call me that. So that would maybe go with that. I love that. That is amazing. That's so great. Now mine feels silly. No, come uh, on, I, I like cock? the idea. <laughs> Rooster, goose, <laughs> cock. There you go. It's all in the family. Um, no, I don't know what I would put on the helmet for like a, for like a logo for that. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I like the name Hornet. I just I like the, the oh, name. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you sting people. You know, you, you piss oh, me yeah. off. I'm gonna sting you. No, I brought it up because when I was watching the movie for this pod, I was texting Joey R, our good friend, and I was like, "Hey, what will be your call sign?" Just a fun thing, like we just did. And he goes, "No, you don't get to pick it." And, <laughs> and, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, like I didn't realize that." And he explained it to me, and I was like, "Okay, well, like hypothetically, if you could." Okay, well, just to just to sorry to to hold my beard, Joey R. Yeah. Did you know that all the actors in the movie Top Gun Maverick got to choose their own call signs? Were you about that? I did not know that. Well, they were. So that's nice. there you go, Joe. Sorry, Joe. Nice, um, Joe. What do you think about that? Oh, you're not here. No. <laughs> yeah. So um, he. Yeah. So yeah. No, I was like. I was like. So what you if, do get yeah. in the world of Top Gun Maverick. You do get to pick your own. Yeah. Signs. There you go. Yeah, and I was like, well, hypothetically, if you could pick it, what would you pick? And he's like, no, I, like I, I wouldn't pick. You don't get to do that. <laughs> But, his would okay. be i got his his would be ellison all right and he knows what i mean so so right. I, i'm sorry for inside joking the audience but he'll he's no worries it's making joey flip his coffee table right now so. that's amazing shout out joey r that's great all right hornet and blackjack yours is so cool damn it yours is so cool that's that's a good one hey man um just here to just here to fly the skies what can i say that's that's fantastic um all right are you ready to uh to dive into the draft I am, man. This is my first time with this new format, you know, which I'm a little jaded about because I kind of like grew attached to your old format that we did with with both old school oh. and with with stepbrothers. You know, I had a lot of fun mm. with that. So but yeah. hey, I'm 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 all for uh, a new a new generation here. That's what the Top Gun Maverick's all about, right? True. Very true. Um so before the show though, there was a trade breaking. Um uh, you traded your, your fourth round, a couple fourth round selections. Um, yes. for the first overall pick. So I, so That's you get right. to go first. That's right. I, I, I wanted that first overall pick because I, this is a movie that's obviously super popular and it's a movie that most people saw in the theaters. Most people saw, you know, got, uh, got their loved ones to see. And it was, it was a conversational piece. It was one of those movies. It was kind of one of those first movies in a long time that if you hadn't seen it in the theater, you were kind of out of the loop. And mm -hmm. it's been a minute since that's was the case. I mean, that's the kind of thing in like the in the '90s and the early 2000s that was a, a regular thing. So it was a bit of a throwback to that. So, uh, so the first thing I want to talk about here today is the thing that I think a lot of people have felt has become trite and has, and maybe at this point they're even kind of rolling their eyes at because they've heard it so much. But I want to get it out of the way and I want to talk about it right now. As we talk about Tom Cruise and what he did 
for the move, the cinema and the movie theaters and the Hollywood industry with this film. So that's my first pick is talking about Tom Cruise and the cinema and how Top Gun Maverick saved the cinema. Now, I know we have our mutual friends who know this, they've heard this, and they're kind of like, all right, let's move on from this. But no, we need to talk about this. We need to, to, to dig deep here. I mean, it takes a lot for Steven Spielberg to, to grab you by the elbow and pull you aside in, at, at the Oscar uh, luncheon and mm -hmm. say, you saved cinema. I mean, you're talking about one of the most iconic directors of all time, pulling you aside and saying that he's not just going to say that unless he means it. Mm. And he means it for a reason is we can, it's, it's kind of like the, the team that wins the championship. It's easy for them to overlook that moment in the eighth inning where they were down two runs and they drew a couple walks and a guy hit an opposite field homer that just crept over the fence. And then they went on to win the championship. Like, they never look at it like, oh, we almost lost and were eliminated that day. It's like, no, we won the championship. It's like, yeah, but what mm -hmm. about that moment where we almost lost it all? That's what 2020 was for the entire movie industry. It was, it was done. We as a society established ourselves as a stay-at-home Zoom and stream. And we don't need to go out in public anymore. We don't need to sit with strangers anymore, have them coughing on us and have them chatting around us and living around us you know we can sit in our living rooms and live our lives this way and it took a movie like this to shake that and and to let everyone go no there's something mad there is a magic to the cinema there is something about experiencing a new film a different film uh a a groundbreaking film in front of a big screen in front of other people and reacting to it with people that fucking matters and 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 you know now when we sit here with the whole barbenheimer deal i mean mm -hmm. it's it's fucking fantastic it's an incredible thing that that, that barbenheimer exists it really is it it, it is that mm. you know think about barbie coming out in 2020 it comes out and it comes to streaming and people are talking about it it's, it, it it trends and it hashtags and we move on to the next thing and it's still a big deal but it's not it's not the cinematic experience and the fact that Opp Oppenheimer and Barbie owe it to Maverick to have that experience. It would never have happened if it wasn't for that. And, our, and anyone out there who's kind of does the meth thing. Come on now. Come on now. It matters. So what, I, I just ranted a little bit there. Sorry, I, I, I got a little uh, uh, <laughs> I blacked out a second. Sorry, what's up? <laughs> that was great. That was that was great. That was the clip of the sh of the whole podcast so far of the years we've been doing it. That was the best clip we've had. Um, I completely agree. You know, the the only other movie that made a lot of money before Maverick was Spider-Man No Way Home. And I mean, I love superhero movies, but superhero movies are always going to make money. So that isn't a great barometer to say that saved the cinema because I was going to make I mean, it, that could have released in March of 2020 and it was going to make a billion dollars. Um, that's just the way it is. But this movie proved that you know, a non-superhero project can do that. And it can get my mom to the movies. It can get my aunt and uncle to the movies who haven't been in 20 plus years. It can get me high-fiving strangers because the movie is so great. It, it yeah, it was, a, it was a magical thing. And it, it held off streaming too. And Tom Cruise, you know, was a big part of that because he fought Paramount because Paramount wanted to put it on streaming during the pandemic because they're like, look, we're sitting on this. We need to put it out. It can get us some subscribers. And Tom Cruise said, no, this needs to be in the theaters. People want to see this. And they held off for streaming forever. I mean, it didn't come to streaming to like 
uh, 10 months later, maybe. I mean, it was a long mm-hmm. time, which most movies are like 40 days and it's on streaming. So it, it changed streaming completely and which streaming is a pretty poor financial model. Anyway, I don't, I don't really understand how that works, um, how companies make any money off of that. But yeah, Top Gun Maverick definitely saved cinemas. I don't know, because I heard Tom, our buddy Tom argue with me once that like Top Gun Maverick did shit for movies. Like it, like it's a big blockbuster. Who cares? Like it doesn't do anything for the little guy. It doesn't help the little guy get any butts in the seats. And I was like, that that is completely wrong. It gets people to want to go to the movies again. Like it's the gateway drug right. of going to the movies. Barbenheimer yeah. never happens. Barbenheimer no. never happens without Top Gun Maverick. It, it's we've we've reestablished that it can be an event to see a film, and yeah. and we don't. It, it's not it's not enough to sit in your house on your couch and watch a movie. You have to go out opening night. You can even now double feature. I mean, that's like mm. a, that's a throwback. Like that's like a, a throwback to the sixties, seventies. Like you know, we're gonna go. We're going to the movies all damn day. You know, yeah. th- that's a that's a big revival thing. So. Uh, absolutely. And I would want a word on the, on the superhero thing too, because, mm. and I know that that's a, that's a touchy subject with me because I'm, 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 I'm known as a bit of the old man on the porch when it comes to, to that. But, you know, I know that we've talked about the dark Knight getting all this credit for, you know, I, I think that Batman begins goes completely understated in this area here because the dark Knight only got people to the theaters for the work that Batman Begins did. Batman Begins had to reestablish Batman as a as an adult cinematic figure. I mean, mm. it, coming off of, of Batman and Robin and the nipples and all that. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it it there was a step that we're all skipping for for Dark Knight to get there. And that's that is like I I and, and you talked about getting your family members out to see Maverick, which I did as well. But I did that for Batman Begins. And it's like, no, no, this is a film. This is a movie you need to go see. And mm-hmm. and yes, Dark Knight then took it to the next level and that exploded. And Dark Knight is the more parallel to uh, to Top Gun Maverick because that's mm-hmm. the one that really went out and got there. But it only did it, Dark Knight just came out. It wouldn't have been the same thing. It needed Batman Begins to get there. Mm-hmm. So I I just wanted to throw that out for the superhero people out there. But it, and and then and now it's become bastardized. Of course, is that you know you you brought up the. Uh, no way home to homecoming and um yeah. and back again to prom is the name of the movie but <laughs> like uh, that, no yeah. right but the but bottom line is, is those movies are for a specific audience and and that's that dark knight exploded it to everyone which is what top gun maverick did which is what now kind of oppenheimer and barbie are doing too is it says these movies that are universal that reach out to everyone out there they're not just you know not just like the horror movie that's coming out that's like they're going to be the date movie and the high school kid movie and the let's come on get there like no no this is a movie that everyone's going to stop what they're doing and go out to the cinema and mm-hmm. I really don't know that we'd be living in a society today with theaters post pandemic without this film and and I I really want I mean listen hey I'm a host of Best Picture Cast at Best Picture Cast on all platforms I want if you disagree I really want you to reach out and I want to have this conversation with you. If you think that it's just another blockbuster, if you just think it's a movie that doesn't matter, I, let's open the dialogue I want to talk about because I, I strongly disagree. I don't think a lot of the cinemas in your neighborhood today are open without this movie. I think that they are big old warehouses. Sorry. No, I totally your, agree. Your pick, your pick, Adam. All right. How do I follow that up? That was a great pick. 
Um, we got a full draft. So worthy of a first pick. All right. Uh, how about we dip your toes back into the old format here for a second? My sure. first pick is favorite scene in the movie. And I have a bunch of nominees, and maybe you'll pick one that I didn't even pick. So I had 10 scenes off the top of my head that I was like, this could be someone's favorite scene. We have Mach 10 at the beginning. Great Balls of Fire when Miles Teller on the piano. The opening dogfight training sequence with the push-ups. Iceman Wants to Talk About Work, that beautiful scene with Val Kilmer. Dogfight football on the beach. Uh, Maverick's trial run when he steals the plane and says, I'm going anyway. The mission itself and the F-14 heist. Um, did I miss anything that you think should be nominated? I think I think you got it. I think you covered it. Yeah. I mean, I have some I have some sub scenes that I I'm going to maybe draft and as my late round uh, safety, but I'm, I'm I'm I think you nailed the the big guys. Yeah. All right. So, what is your favorite scene? If you could pick one scene from this film, easy answer, very easy answer to me. And it's the it's the stealing the plane trial run. I mean, it's just it's cinema magic. I mean, it's it's absolutely wonderful on all events. The reaction shots um, from people. I got oh, my guy Warlock, man. What a what a legend. <laughs> I mean, he just this is the role that I feel like Morgan Freeman would have played if this movie came out in the in the early nineties. Like if he were young Definitely. enough, he'd be perfect for that role. But uh, but my dude steals in this. The reaction shots. Uh, from all of the all of the uh, of the different pilots from John Hamm, from the, all all of that is 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 amazing, but no, no, that is the perfect moment within this film of, you know, you've you've taught them that it, the mission is is impossible, or you or, or, or however the I, I'm missing the exact quote was like all you've taught them is that they can't do it. Yeah, and like, and like you know that that just that just fucking sat in in Pete Maverick's fucking body, like, mm. like vinegar. And he's like, mm, I'm stealing that plane, you know? And, and he just goes and <laughs> yeah. does it. And, and he, he lowers the time. He, he goes, you know, it's going to be 215. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, just uh, fucking great. And God runner up. I got to say, like, as they kind of do the mission in real time and get their whole deal done, um, I kind of, as a viewer, this is the third like full time I've watched this movie since the initial theater run. I was like, ah, do we need this whole extra thing with him getting stranded on the, you know, with with uh, with Rooster and and getting the old plan? And as it's happening, I'm like, yep, we need it, we need it. This Definitely. is amazing. Yeah. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah. So like, I kind of love that too. But yeah, no. But that that's I'm locked in. That's my scene of the movie. Completely agree. We're in lockstep. That cool. is the, awesome. That's yeah. the best scene of the movie. John Hamm. Just looking on like this motherfucker, but also I kind of want to see if he can do it is great. The and yeah, all the other fighter pilots and they're like, yes, holy shit. Like they're so excited that Maverick does it. Um, it it's it's thrilling. And and the camera work and and Tom Cruise is just flying the shit out of that aircraft. And it's amazing. Um, it's so much fun. Uh, my yeah. runner up, if I had to pick one, the great balls of fire scene, I really enjoy. Uh, I think they do a great job and I usually don't like flashbacks like that in movies. It kind of takes me out of it, but I think they really incorporated it really well. Um, and just to see it through Tom Cruise's eyes, just watching it like, Oh my God, I can't believe he's singing this song. Um, I thought that was powerful. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree too, in the sense that like this sort of 
stylism in film i don't usually respond to the the slow motion and the flashback and the old cut it really did work here though there was a surrealism to it that that fit and um it could have been pretty cheesy it could have kind of been a little offbeat but it really kind of worked for me it it did work for me too i i would agree with that mm. yeah even though it's so unrealistic that Penny would be running that entire bar by herself. Oh, well, the nitpicks. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll go into that at, at some point. Well, you know what? I'll just go into it now. Dude, a chatty <laughs> business owner and an old ass motherfucker in the back, half bar backing and half and, and half bartending to a, a horseshoe full circle bar with hundreds of marines in it i mean dude they would at least they, they would at least need four four employees at the very least so basically like two like high octane bartenders and two barbacks and that's at the very least with jennifer Connolly kind of like overlooking and overseeing it like she's sitting there chatting and smiling at people ringing the bell you know oh, oh, here's another person who's going to buy a drink for everyone in the bar like that's not going to create any kind of labor for the people who are working here uh no there's a it, there's an incredible amount of of bar psychology here that is being completely disrespected so it uh there there's a lot of problems there but I don't maybe know, i'll readdress that later on i think you and i could do it i think you and i could hold down the hard deck uh with 400 people in there <laughs> as someone who manages a bar i promise you we couldn't <laughs> i hate uh, to tell you uh, but you amazing. can come bar back for me anytime you want to come to long island i'll uh, I'll, I'll raise you up the ranks. Nice. Sounds good. Uh, I have a lot of restaurant experience, so I'm sure I can pick it up quick. I'm Only problem you. with that scene is I wish they'd let Miles Teller cook a little more on the piano because they have the deleted scene that it, it, he, and he's amazing on it. And I wish they'd show oh, really? a little I bit more. Seen that. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, yeah, it's the whole full song from his perspective. There's no cruise. It's just what they're doing. And he's amazing. And I mean, it's real. Wow. Like, he really yeah, can play I the piano, so... That was an initial take of mine too. And watching, it was like, oh, I kind of want to hear the song. I want to get like the like the Bradley Cooper "Star Is Born" version of mm. it from Miles Teller. And yeah. I wonder how many like how many verses and choruses we're we gonna do of "Great Balls of Fire." I mean, he's out there, he's out there like pontificating forever. It's like, well, we're on like verse seven right now. What is this American Pie? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, a, a, a cool scene. Yeah, um, and a movie filled with great scenes. Um, those are two. Pretty spectacular ones. I will say it does come right after my least favorite scene in the movie. So I feel like I, I don't want to just make this a love fest. I got to do the negatives in here too. Is sure. I don't love when all the cadets are introduced and they're meeting each other. I don't love the exchange oh, amongst them. It's It feels very kind of exposition-y, very cheesy. Uh, mm. I, I didn't like it any of my viewings. Like the first time I saw it, um, when I kind of revisited it, and then for this one, it's just... It, it, there's a there's kind of a, a weird tension there that doesn't match the rest of the movie. So I would I would show that kind of scene where they're playing darts and like the beginning yeah. of that before they uh, before they kind of all congregate before uh, a rooster comes in and all that. So mm, I could see that. Um, I do love Bob in that scene. He's fantastic. That's yeah, no, great. that's no. <laughs> it turns over a little bit with. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would agree. Monica Barbaro in particular, who I love in this movie, but her dialogue in that scene, I would agree is pretty wooden when she's like who the hell are they gonna that's not the question we should be asking who the hell are they gonna get to teach us it's like that's not a great line right and yeah. i don't blame it on her because i think she's actually pretty good in this film 
yeah. and the same with uh with with hangman uh who's you know phenomenal in this film too but i just think that there's a writing issue there and i do love the nomination that this got for uh, adapted screenplay because yes. of the screenplay is is, a, is kind of this like awkward oscar category because you're you're what is is it there's you're, it's the written word like the actual dialogue that they're having but it's also like the the overarching story and building the characters and how they interact so it's like i think that's where maverick shines is is layering the themes and and having the characters interacting with that but there are little moments of dialogue that are kind of a little a little awkward for me and they mm -hmm. they fail some of the characters and this is this is the the scene that that i feel is, is the biggest issue that's fair i can definitely see that um and we might be talking about screenplay uh, at some point in this draft. Oh, okay. Be, Are we up to the? Be. Is it is it my pick of the second round here? Yeah, you're up. You're on the clock for the second round. Well, I'm going to reach with my second round pick here Ooh. because uh, yeah, this is a uh, this is a talent that I don't want to miss. I don't want uh, the Vikings to take with uh, with with their you know with their second round pick. And uh, I, I shouted uh, this person out in the the tournament, and I, I have to say. Jennifer Connolly, uh, I, I'm just dedicating entire selection to her and the work that she does in this film. Uh, and this this viewing especially, I watched this movie last night. Um, just moved into a new apartment, and it was the first film that I watched in the apartment. You know, hey. so it's it it's, it's cool, nice. Yeah, no furniture, kind of a nice little echoey thing going on. And I was swept away with her performance. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie i'm normally swept away with anything jennifer connelly does I, like i said she's the only stranger i would ever marry um but uh i gotta say man the fact that she was not considered for supporting actress is a complete travesty to me i, I think she does above and beyond work with very minimal runtime there is a uh, an emotional core to her character that not only exists within what she's doing on screen bleeds into and just totally um totally develops through tom cruise's character it, it blows me away and her the way that she embraces this character and the subtle reactions that she does there's a there's a moment and, and, and listen we need to just we need to call out that tom cruise has a a bit of a negative history of romantic chemistry on screen i mean it's kind for of a sure. thing that he's known for <laughs> yeah I'll go as far to say, and this is going to make people fucking take a little step back from their devices, but the scene where they're on the boat and and Penny's boat for all our Lost fans out there, and they sail and they come back to her house and they have their exchange and she and she turns and closes the door. I mean, that's that is that is an unbelievably romantic sequence. It's an unbelievably romantic sequence. And it, it the core of those two characters is built with such unbelievable, unbelievable love, but also like this anticipation of love and this this reflection on how things haven't worked in the past and understanding where we came from and, and what we are now and will this, is it even worth moving forward? I really, I think that this, that there's more romance captured in that sequence than in any other Tom Cruise movie, hands down. So I don't feel bad at all about shouting her out in in that um, in that kind of I think it was the semifinals where I, I, I said it, but saying mm -hmm. that 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 strong female lead in that area really put the movie over the top. She's incredibly underrated in this film. 
she should have not just been up for the Oscar. I think she should have, uh, if, if it's her versus Jamie Lee Curtis, she should have won the Oscar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Carrie Kahn, and, you know, we can talk about that too. Uh, but I, I think she should have, this should have been her second Oscar. Yeah, she was awesome in this movie. She goes, I mean, she holds her own and then some with scenes with Tom Cruise, which is not always easy. I mean, he's one of the biggest movie stars we've ever had and she doesn't flinch. Um, the two moments that I really love from her, uh, one in the great balls of fire scene when she, you know, she's all happy and chatting with people. And then she notices Maverick is outside and she's like looking at him like, what is he looking at? And then she realizes that he is seeing Rooster or seeing Goose through Rooster and her face just like drops because she knows what he's feeling. And then uh, in when he comes in the whites before the night before he leaves and she, you know, she's happy to see him. She thinks he looks great. And then he tells her what's happening. And you can also see her face just drop because she knows he might not be coming back. Like I might lose him again. Um, I think those are two great moments from her subtly. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, from an acting standpoint, I mean, that character represents more than just what Penny is in the storyline, you know? So, so she's, she's essentially in play for whatever romance Pete Mitchell has experienced throughout his life. Like, so it's the, all of the, all of the, the, the romantic nights he's had where he didn't follow up or he, the people that he, promised something to but left and had to go on the next flight or this or that so she's kind of embodying all of those women through mm. one character and man that moment where she closes the door and puts her back to the door is such an empowering moment and um it, it's just one of those things that you know if you're familiar with jennifer Connolly as an actress something she's just so strong at and and man it's just a it's such a moment and it's like i just wish that people would recognize something like that and be like this is this is this is an, a performance that should be honored at least as a nomination at the oscars who cares that she won one already that shouldn't matter it, mm-hmm. it goes to the best performance of the year uh not just who we need to reward in the moment let's let's yeah. take a look at these films and let's look at the people the performers out there and jennifer connelly is someone who hasn't been in the zeitgeist for the past decade she's kind of you know she had her moments in the early 2000s and we haven't really seen her in the 90s and we haven't really seen her for a while and man did she crush this role and and played the role with such heart and her relationship with her daughter and didn't get a ton of run you know it was not it was not like we got to live with these characters much this is a movie about flying and about uh, about all this other stuff and she occupies this little portion of the movie and it it honestly for me it makes the entire movie. I don't think that I would be considering this as a great film without her contribution to it. Interesting. Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, and how badass is she at the very end, standing next to the car, like leaning up against it? It's like, oh man. Oh, I mean, fantastic. Yeah, you know, <laughs> geez, take me to church. Hi. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, that was a great pick. All right. My, I'm on the clock here. All right. We're scrambling. Papers are flying here in the war room. Uh, we're... He reached. He reached. What do we do? Uh, the quarterback is still on the board. What do we? Uh, we don't need one though. Um, all right, I'm gonna go screenplay since we talked about it earlier. Cool. I I think the screenplay is brilliant. There was a lot of talk because uh, I listened to a bunch of Oscars uh, podcasts, especially when we get there um, that time of year, and a lot of people were down on the screenplay and thought there was no chance it would get nominated, um, which really surprised me because I think the screenplay is brilliant and the symmetry of it, like 
to me, a great screenplay works is if you, you can set something up in the beginning with a line and that same exact line can be brought up again later in the movie. And it, but it's different. It's a different meaning and it tells the full circle of the story. And there are so many things like that in particular, the line from Hondo, I don't like that look Mav. And he goes, that's the only one I got. Cause in the beginning he says it before Mach 10 and you can see like Hondo saying it kind of sarcastically and Maverick is, you know, you could tell he's got something up his sleeve and he's going to just obliterate Mach nine. And you know, he's, he's not going to stop. Uh, but at the end, it's a little more reserved and Hondo's worried about him for real. And Maverick clearly is worried too, because he says, you know, if I don't see you again. So I think that line just tells the story so beautifully of where Maverick was in the beginning to where he gets to um, and his journey with Rooster when he says, you know, my dad believed in you, I won't make the same mistake. And then at the very end, you know, thanks for saving my life. That's what my dad would have done, uh, which I cry. I have cried. I think I've seen this movie eight mm-hmm. or nine times. I have cried every single time I've seen the movie when Rooster says that. And the whole talk to I'm me goose. I'm there with you. I'm there with yeah. You. The talk to me goose and then talk to me dad when Rooster at the final. Uh, oh, I think this screenplay is brilliant. Yeah, no, it's it's a great nomination. It would have annoyed me greatly if it wasn't nominated. I think it should have won. Personally, I looked at it. I looked at the nominees uh, last night, and it would have been my selection to win. However, this is the thing with screenplay. As I said before, there's a lot of variations with it because it's like, what are you really recognizing? And do these Academy members are they all on the same page about what we're recognizing? Are we? recognizing like the how the word is written to paper and how these uh these characters are interacting with each other and what they're saying or are we more focused on the story and what themes and Mm -hmm. and the the layers to how the scenes develop and the overarching tale that they're telling is that what we're rewarding so from that's the 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 latter standpoint I, i would think that that i would go with this however there are moments in this film where there's some choppy dialogue and there's some stuff that's might, might be, might have moments of coordinates and, and moments that show that there were kind of four people working on it, five people weren't going to, which there were. Whereas women talking, which was the winner is, I, I don't think the overarching themes and the overarching story is as powerful and is as a rich. However, the letter to letter is pretty flawless. And, and it's kind of like, are you going to, are you going to reward the, the 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 big achievement that has some flaws underneath, or the one that's just kind of just pretty, just tight and and profound and kind of just like exquisite? And that's kind of what women talking about. So I get the win, and 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 I, I I kind of view that matchup as a coin flip. I don't think that I don't, I don't know the other three off the top of my head, but I remember looking at it last night, and being like, those are the only two that really could have won for adapted screenplay. It's weird that it's adapted screenplay because they're all fictional characters and there's no source mm-hmm. material. It's just fucking Top Gun, you know. Like so, yeah. like uh, I've always kind of a sequel has to be adapted because it's based on the other mm. movie. But it's like you know what? What are we really adapting here? It's just the only character is. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, the the the, the counter argument is is that you do show goose and you just show meg ryan yeah. in there and you're, you're you're playing off of the other material so i get that mm. but no it, it's to me it's a it's it's very strong screenplay outside of a couple moments of dialogue that are that that can that can make a slight cringe here or there uh but i i would have liked it to be an oscar winner yeah i'm okay with women talking winning 
Um, mainly because, I mean, and I haven't seen women talking, but you know, I feel that's, I'm assuming more of a dialogue driven movie. Um, thousand percent. And, and whereas this is, you know, even though I think the screenplay is brilliant, this is far more of a spectacle, high flying visual masterpiece. Um, so I'm okay with women talking winning, but I'm glad it got nominated. I would have been pretty upset if it hadn't, because I, I do think it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You're on the board. Third round. Oh boy. All right. So I think uh, it's time to drop the needle. It's time to drop the needle. We're talking music now. We're Ooh. talking music in this film. Let's go. That was my uh, next pick as well. This is oh, fantastic. Well, hey, oh, hey, hey, you know, let, the, let the war room scramble. Let the war room scramble. Uh, so, and I think after this, we'll snake the pick because that was the, the trade, right? So like you pick two after this. Fight. Yeah, so I the, get the both fourth right rounders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So the music in this is pretty awesome. I don't know that it i love it at all times like which is fine like i don't think you have to love every choice but i love that they made a whole bunch of different choices so like mm -hmm. we have there's an unforgettable moment in this film for me which i already referenced earlier and that's when you sit down and the movie starts and you're on the tarmac and that score kicks in that score they play man that will stay with me the rest of my god the, the, the rest of my life man it just will stay with me i sat in my chair and that boom, 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 and it's just like oh shit and then that blends right into danger zone and it's like oh mm. hell yeah let's go like it it just it just doesn't get a whole lot better than that and they knew when to employ danger zone like it wasn't like we needed to do it more than once mm. We needed to do it. We didn't start with it, but we sort of started with it. And they, they established their own theme. And then they blended that into, into Danger Zone. I, I also, because I now at, at this point in my life, I watch everything on closed captions. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, um, I'm sorry if that's, a, you know, if, that's, if that's something you laugh at. It seems like it is. Uh, I did not properly know the lyrics to Danger Zone. So it's, I always thought it was, I went to the danger zone, but according to the captions, it's clearly highway mm, yeah. the danger zone. And then the next line is um, going to, uh, so I always thought it was, I went to the danger zone, going to take you right to the danger zone. So it, it is. So the second line is going to take a ride into the danger zone. But then the second time they do it, it's again, highway to the danger zone. Then it says going to take you you right to the danger zone so he does say they're mm. gonna take you right to the danger zone the second time so i don't know if but but yeah that's that's always uh one of those misheard lyrics there that says i thought it was just i went to the danger zone no it's a highway to the danger zone but thoughts on the opening there because i got more to say about the music but the opening is is great and it it, it is great because you're you're gonna sit there the whole time waiting for danger zone because it's the iconic song from the first one you can miss me with the bar song. I, I don't think that one's that great um, in the first one, but Danger Zone's clearly, yeah. I don't uh, the first the bars. Uh, I don't know. It's fine. Great Balls of Fire. No, 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 no. The one that he sings with Goose in the in the. Oh, oh, the, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, some people love that song. I, I you miss me with that, but so you're just gonna wait the whole movie for Danger Zone, and I do love that they just like right off the bat, it's like here it is. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to think about it. We're going to give it to you right now. Um, so, yeah, I do like and it's kind of an 80s style opening, which sometimes I don't always love. But in this movie, it just felt right. The kind of like montage that has to do with the movie, but it doesn't really have to do with the movie. We're just giving you a song and a montage 
to kick it off. Uh, I thought it was really good. It's setting an unbelievable tone uh, for mm. it. Uh, you lost that loving feeling by the Righteous Brothers is what is what you're talking about there. And I, Jesus, yeah. make I completely forgot about that scene. But um, you know the other big song from the original one is "Take Your Breath Away," which was the number one mm. song, uh, number one on the Billboard charts, and then won the Oscar too. And there was no reason to go there in this. And they're smart enough to to know that. You know, like it's no danger zone is the one to get them pumped up with the old one. We do it in the beginning. We don't need to go back. Leave it. If you listen, if if you watch the original Top Gun, we're here in Danger Zone like for the entire ninety minutes. It's, it plays like five <laughs> times throughout the whole film. Yeah. Um, but so so now I don't think the music is all perfect in this. You talked about Great Balls of Fire before, fantastic. The way that it was wonderful. I would have loved to hear him kind of cook a little more on the piano. I agree with you on that. We get the two classic rock songs. You get the Bowie song in there, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the Bowie song. The Who, Don't Get Fooled Again, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like we're, we're, we're stepping into a little too much of classic rock radio. And I, I worry about that little, a little too much. It, it seemed a little, little Robert zemeckis to me, where like we were, mm. you're just picking, picking songs that everybody knows. Like, I think a, a, a great needle drop is the song that you recognize, but don't, know before what you're seeing you know what i'm saying like so like mm. okay like so forrest gumps on the helicopter and we're hearing you know fortunate son it's like okay we get it we know what's going on here like we we, we know what's going on here. and then we're gonna hear it again in flight with denzel with you know but like don't get fooled again it's fun i'm not saying it's not fun because like <laughs> when it when it popped up last night like i'm like no jeez okay all right here we go with the who and, you know, as you start knocking them off and they're doing push-ups, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of feeling. So, like, uh, mm. I, I get I get it. It's I'm in the middle with it. But I tend to think that there was maybe another choice they could have made there. Uh, Gaga at the end is fucking perfection. Uh, that that should have won the Oscar. That should have won the Oscar. Mm. RRR, be damned. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 come on. I mean, this is one of those. I, I feel like this Oscars, they kind of, they were kind of, like, looking for ways to not give Top Gun Maverick, the recognition it deserved because of whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know what it was or what it is, or yeah. it's it, it's the patriarchy or whatever. But uh, I mean, the, the, we talked. We, we talked about like I, I talked to you on the side with the non cinematography nomination. How does that? It's come insane. on, dude! It's insane to not even get nominated is insane. A complete joke. A complete yeah. joke. You know, uh, and I like Elvis more than most, but you're telling me that yeah, Elvis too. has better cinematography than Top Gun Maverick. I mean, I don't even know that that's even the one that I think is the one that should go out first. But like, uh, it, it drives me crazy. But the music crushed it in this. Uh, I, I I wonder if I missed one more song out of there. I, I might have. You but, did. Oh, you oh missed, I did. I did. Uh, the uh, the dogfight. Football. Yeah. yeah. Putting in an alt nation song was a fucking swift ass move, dude. That was great. Like it's I love that. Song. Like, yeah, and you bring it, you bring it into like kind of the modern day, and like, hmm. so so that's where I forgave the Who a little bit. Like the Who made me roll my eyes. I was kind of like, oh, okay, it's a mechas, you know. Like, well, let's, yeah. you know, let's go, let's let's go to bed, Grandma. It's your time. It's time to go to bed. <laughs> um, but no, but but then they do the all nation tune, and I'm like, oh, okay. Now let's now we're kind of updating a little bit. Yeah, so. 
so that worked. But uh, to me, the music as a whole here was a, a total win. Uh, not not a uh, not a hundred percent on the driver's tests, but you know we will dock you for bumping the curve at one point. We give you the uh, the ninety percent. You get your license. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, one of my picks was, is the music better than the original question mark? And I do think the music is better than the original. Uh, yeah, Ain't Worried. I love that song. I downloaded it uh, the next day after I went to see the movie. I, I It's fantastic. I run to that song all the time. It's so much fun. And the Hold My Hand is such a good song. I mean, I'm such a Lady Gaga fan. I think she's incredible. It's such a good song in and of itself, but they used it as the score, too so many times throughout this movie it's so subtly playing the theme without the words it's just it plays as the score when they're on the boat and when when he brings her home and so many moments in this movie that's they're using that as the score and i fucking love it it's so good it's such a great song i i like rrr in that song but i do think this was the best song from last year yeah and i'll say that 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 compared to the music from the first one it's about the application of music. And I, I think one of my problems with the first one is, is that there was no Tony Scott, rest in peace, great director, but there was no one really kind of monitoring how the music was being applied. And it was just overkill. Yeah. We're getting danger zone, take my breath away, danger zone, take my breath away, danger zone, take my breath away. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. this movie perfectly uses everything. And, and like you said, you know, using the, the Lady Gaga theme, which what which they did in the original Top Gun, they used the "Take My Breath Away" kind of theme before the actual song kicked in. They kind of did it way more subtly in this one. So yeah, uh, yeah the application of the music in this one was was killer. So. Yeah, and the Top Gun theme uh, in the very beginning when he's headed back to Top Gun mm-hmm. and he's on the runway and and, the, and it's just it's absolutely blaring and you see him on the motorcycle just smiling. Oh my god. It's so much fun. I can feel it like in my bones when that when that blares. It's oh, fantastic. a thousand percent. Yeah. And it's understanding so that music is so much a part of what Top Gun was and kind of mm. taking it to the next level is very, very important. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. Your pick. Now you have two in a row here. I have two. All right. Yeah, we got some. OK, so I'm going to let's talk Oscars. I want to do it. I want to get the elephant out of the room. We, we brought it up a little bit. Cool. Um, so it was nominated for Best Picture, Adapted Screenplay, Original Song. Uh, film editing and best visual effects and it won for best sound um, which sound 100 percent it should have won what do we think of what it was nominated for what should it have won just from the nominations that it did get what do you think and then we'll then we'll dive into the other noms it should have gotten and potentially won but just from what it was nominated what should it have won yeah it's funny man because like i think my biggest gripes are what it's not nominated for uh, it should agree. have won. Yeah. It, it should have won for what it was nominated for. It should have won song. It hmm. should have won picture. Yep. Yep. You heard me. Should have won best picture. Absolutely. Uh, uh, screenplay. I totally get. Uh, visual effects. What did win for visual effects? Do you have that? Avatar. Fine. Can't. I mean, yeah, I don't nice. understand why because to me it's the big fucking blue screen and a bunch of bullshit. Uh, but fine whatever give james give, give, <laughs> give james cameron an award and then am i missing one um you said editing screenplay i think is the only other one. Oh, film editing another or, one yeah. stop with this stop absolutely should have won for film editing i forgot how annoyed i was I, at that yeah you know i mean come yeah. on uh, uh. it absolutely should have won film editing it's it's ridiculous everything ever all at once like i can 
I don't agree with it, but I at least understand why it won Best Picture. Like, I don't think it should have, but I can at least see the argument. I I thought the editing was not good in that movie. That I really don't get why that one. It doesn't make yeah, any sense to me. Maybe that's when we're, we'll just yell at clouds in this segment. We'll, we'll stay away from yeah. the picture and just give it. I mean, we're, we're cutting from, from actors who are actually flying in jet planes and like hmm. who had to endure G-force to make this thing. So, and I got to say, man, that is one of the swiftest 210 you will ever feel in yeah. watching a film. I mean, I, I, I did a midnight viewing last night Ooh. and I was like, okay, all right, we're in it. We're in, you know, we're going to bed around 2.30 tonight. I got to say, I blinked my eyes and there was a half hour left in the movie. Like yeah. it, it, the, the movie books. Mm. And it, it's, it, this, this absolutely should have been a film editing win. And I kind of, I looked at the awards last night and I'm like, just won one? You know, yeah, and then I'm like, okay, I guess they moved. They changed the two uh, sounds. It's just one. It's not like mixing and editing. It's just one now. It's just sound. Yeah. I mean, to me, this should have been, for what it was nominated for, absolutely should have won the two. Uh, it should have been up for and won cinematography. Yes. There's two more it should have been up for. Uh, I mentioned one already in Jennifer Connelly. I guess I will kick it off to you. But no, uh, well, well. We'll save the big one, but we can talk supporting actor, right? I think there are... there's a supporting actor nomination that could have been in here. I think there are two. Yeah, that, all right. Could okay. have been in there. Um, I look, I I am on the Miles Teller train. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. I thought he was the best part of this movie. All due respect to our guy Tommy C. I thought Miles Teller absolutely stole the movie for me. He is incredible. I completely bought that he was Goose's son. I thought he did such a great job. I would I understand I didn't think he would get nominated but I was really hoping he would and then uh, I mean Val Kilmer obviously that would be mine watching this time with Val I I, I gave it like a real critical view and I, I kind of get it why they didn't quite go there the Fableman's nomination is 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 a is a bad one man. see that's but... the thing for me like I don't think Val Kilmer should be nominated for this but because they nominated Judd Hirsch this was way better yeah. than that. Like, if you're just going to do an actor who's in two minutes of a movie, Val Kilmer was way better I don't, than Judd Hirsch. Way better. I don't get that. I don't get that Judd Hirsch nomination. It, it was I, ridiculous. I, I'm sure that there's someone listening who's who's spouting out a couple others that should have been there instead of Judd Hirsch, and that's probably fine. And, and yeah. In watching it with a fine tooth, tooth comb, I, I get why maybe Val Kilmer in the movie, but he's really doing a lot with so little... And I don't want to hear that his voice was dubbed because we gave best actor to we gave best actor to Rami Malek, who's lip syncing to Queen. So don't give me that he's lip syncing to a couple lines. Guy's got a trekkie atrophy; he can't speak. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't agree with you with 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 Miles Teller as an Oscar candidate. Uh, I love him in this movie. That's fair. I, I, I don't I don't see anything Oscar-y about him in this. I, I don't I don't think it's it's worthy of a nomination. But let's talk about Miles Teller though, because this is such an interesting timeline here with this because he so he has Whiplash, which is to me one of the best films of the last 25 years. Awesome. And he crushes it in it and should have been up for an Oscar in that. And it's a travesty that he was. He should have been up for lead actor a thousand percent. So from there, he kind of stumbles and falters and doesn't really go anywhere and he gets this gig but this movie doesn't come out for 10 years mm. so he gets the gig 
before his career kind of fucking falters. So he he has a weird career arc where he has the the, the big movie moment in, in Whiplash, and then he kind of maybe picks the wrong projects. Doesn't 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 really work for him, but he gets this gig. Things get worse. He's in like Lord of Dogtown with with Jonah Hill. Terrible, and but this movie's on the back burner, mm. and it it and it kicks in at this time that just rejuvenates the guy's career. And he is so perfect for this role and yeah. absolutely crushes it. And it's like, wow, like, how could you, like, you couldn't have planned that. Like, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't know that it would have worked the same if Maverick came right out in 2015, 2016. Mm. The fact that it lingered on kept him almost preserved. And then he fires in as, as, as Rooster and it's it's a cool story, and and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does for it because I do think he has some chops, and yeah. I, I think that he has a future ahead of it. I'm happy that this gave him a little bit of a second life. Yeah, he had a big year last year with uh, the offer. I thought, which I thought he was phenomenal in. Um, and this, yeah, yeah you're he, a big proponent of the offer. You haven't seen The Godfather yet, though. Like, what no, what is this? I gotta. I feel like I gotta. I gotta fly up to Maine and sit you down and watch The Godfather. Like, what, what <laughs> hey, are we I'm doing? Down. I'm down. I'm down. Um. <laughs> Yeah, he see he did Fantastic Four, which it which was an awful movie, which he was really good in. I thought I thought he was by far the best part of the movie, but that movie was so bad that I think that kind of derailed him a bit. But I I agree that he probably didn't deserve an Oscar nomination, but I would have loved to see it. And then obviously cinematography should have won. For we the, got one more, we got one more Oscar nomination to talk about here. Well, I have two more. All right. Oh well, the big one. We're saving TC. That's the big yeah. One. But the what, other, what's the what's the other one you got? Uh, Kaczynski for director. I mean, he directed the best movie of the year. It's ridiculous that he's not in this in this field. It's absolutely insane. Nine thousand percent agree. Uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, honestly, it, it's kind of a it's a little bit disrespectful that he gets no credit at all for this. Like, I yeah. feel like the general public thinks that Tom Cruise has directed this movie. <laughs> He did everything. And that might have been that might be a little bit of Tom Cruise's fault with his like announcement before the film, like, hey everybody, welcome to my film. Just come and watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so that might be a little he might have a little uh, dirt on his sleeve for that. But yeah, yeah. Poor Kaczynski. Like you direct the best movie of the year and you don't even get nominated. It's ridiculous. And then of course, uh, I'll let you take it away. We have a uh, TC. Yeah, so I really watched this closely last night and you know, I've heard a lot of the and, and there's there's some hard cuts in this movie that I don't necessarily love. You know, a lot of like tup, 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 tup. It's, it, the movie can get a little choppy at times where we're going face to face and and all that, which you'd imagine would be a movie, a movie that takes place. You know, the filming of a movie that takes place for 10 years, you're going to get stuff like that. But I really watched this performance closely and it is a, a truly wonderful performance. It, it really is. And I don't care that he's not going on any long monologues that he's not doing a, a, a lot of verbose behavior, showy acting, the stuff that, that the Academy tends to love. But he has this reactive nature to him. And you know, I'm a big Clint Eastwood guy. Uh, I'm a huge Clint Eastwood fan. And I, I, he's another guy who gets a lot of heat for uh, his acting. And he's kind of, uh, well, he's a director, not an actor. And, I think that his shining moments as an actor are not what he says and does, but, but how he reacts to what the others are doing. And I really think that Cruz crushes it with that. This, this is a, 
This is an intuitive performance. This is an existential performance. That word's going to come up with my draft picks later. It is about him understanding who he is as a person. And I think he gets this character more than most actors have gotten any characters over several years of film. I totally thought he should have been recognized for this. It was right there for them. I don't know whose expense it should have been at. I don't want to necessarily play that game because I, oh, I, I I've been on. I'll I know play that you, game. I know you, won't be, you haven't seen all the films, but I've been on record of saying this is one of the strongest best acting categories there's that there's been in years, maybe even ever. So it's hard to pull one away from from one of those guys, but. You had to do it this year. Come on. The guy hasn't been nominated in, in, in 20, uh, 23 years or whatever it was. I think it was 2000 or 99 was the last time he was nominated. Yeah. It, it should have been there. And this is a really strong performance. And he's doing so much. Like, why can't we recognize the physical work that these people are doing beyond the monologues? You know, like the the, the flying, the jet planes and the, the, the stunts and the fucking banging your fucking head around there's a reason you can't give them out it's got goddamn cte um so yeah um i don't know man i just i was i I, it hurt me a little bit when the oscar announcers came out and he wasn't nominated it really did i I really thought this deserved an nomination. he's flying a fucking fighter jet like what more do you want from a guy like yeah uh yeah bill nye he can get out of there okay He, he can leave i haven't seen living i don't care that i haven't seen living he can leave okay it's Bill Nighy, first of all. Who knows who Bill Nighy is? No, aren't you the Harry Potter person? Yeah, he is. I mean, his role in Harry Potter is greatly overstated. He is in two scenes, I think, and they're pretty I, short. I, it's it's yeah. He's I barely. I don't know him. that I could pick out Bill Nighy and Harry Potter in a lineup. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you blinked, you probably missed him in those movies. Um, I, I mean, no one saw Living. Okay, no one saw Living except well, for seven, I did. seven people I in did. New York City saw Living. That's about it. I mean, what are we doing? The tie needs to go to the absolute superstar who saved cinemas, who is the big name. Like that, we just we got to stop with these with these little rinky dink movies that no one sees and no one cares about. We gotta like if you want people to care about the Oscars, nominate Tom Cruise for one of the best acting jobs he's ever done. I mean, when you're so right with the reacting moments and it's a lot with rooster. I mean, when him and rooster are going back and forth and rooster's like, it's not the plane, it's the pilot. And he's like, exactly. And then he realizes what he said. And he kind of like, you can just tell on his face. He's like, Oh my God, I just stepped in a big time there. He's just so good in this movie and he needed to be nominated for sure. Yeah. And, and I do think the people who kind of scoff at a film like this because of its, its stature, miss those little moments and I, I encourage anyone to go back and watch this as a film don't just watch it as a as a spectacle watch it as a film and watch the work that tom cruise does watch the work that jennifer connelly does there's there's world-class acting this thing that being said please watch living before you diminish what the work that bill knight did i mean it is a wonderful performance it's a wonderful performance i mean like it's i mean i'm I, sure it's going to talk about tears i'm sitting there with a, a tissue i went through two tissue boxes watching that film that movie too um i would go for and i and and, and joey r is going to hate me for this one. Oh my god yeah i mean listen i love after sun again another one that i've watched multiple times uh, I've only watched Living Once because I was only allowed to watch Living Once by Big Brother. Big, Big Brother lets you watch it once if you live in a big city, and that's it. 
Um, <laughs> people in Maine and Minnesota, they're not allowed to watch Living. No. Uh, but uh, but the movie I've seen several times at this point, and it's a wonderful film. And Paul Mezcal crushes it. And I am happy that he got nominated for an Oscar. I really am. That would have been my spot to give Tom Cruise. Just because I don't think it's his movie. I just don't think it's Paul Mezcal's movie. I think that's the lady's movie. I think that's the director and the young actress's movie. And he's kind of supporting to me. Mm-hmm. He's supporting the efforts of the of the director and the young actress who's playing the director's life, essentially. And and it's a very minimal performance from from Paul Mezcal. Like I, I think he's doing even less than Cruz is doing in, in this movie. It it sucks. I there should be six nominees to me. Like all six of them should be up. Why can't we go to six in a year like this? It it's hard, you know, because obviously Austin Butler deserves it. And obviously uh I mean I had I had uh, a Brendan Fraser as my winner in that too. Mm. And uh and Colin Farrell is should have could have won too, you know. So yeah. It was just a killer year for acting, and I think in a softer year, I, I'd love, I'd love to think that he would have gotten in there, and they weren't just blackballing him because he's quirky and kind of doing his own thing. And I hope he has another, another chance to, to be in that, that, that circle. But he's getting old, man. He's sixteen. He's fucking driving bikes off a cliff. So I don't know, man. I'd love to see him yeah. get like, I'd love to see him do like a magnolia role where he's not the guy standing mm-hmm. over the guy in the bed where he's the guy in the bed you know like where he's like the older the oh, older wow. guy like yeah i'd like to see that but oh, wow. I-, I hope he picks one of those roles where he gets one last little moment because he deserves right. it man he deserves a statue i hope so too yeah he's just it, it just doesn't feel right that he's not gonna have an oscar that doesn't feel right um not at all but i, I think he's a little ways away from from being in the bed i mean he consumes at least like seven to ten infants a week i would think to keep keep it con- <laughs> Keep looking that he's, young. He's <laughs> not quite in Jason Robarts mode yet. Yeah, no. Right. He's drinking blood and he's keeping young. All right. So yeah. So by my count, we have we gave it like eight or nine Oscars. Modest, modest. Yeah. Total, well, including best were, picture. And if it were nineteen ninety six, it would have it would have probably had twelve. But yeah, know, it's probably twenty twenty three. So. All right, but yeah. Uh, all right, so I think it's my pick again. Um, yeah, you got two in a row. All right, so I'm going to spring this theory on you. Okay, this is a very popular theory, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Maverick dies in the opening uh, in the opening scene with the Mach 10 when the ship explodes and he somehow ejects out of going Mach 10.3, seemingly in outer space. Uh, he just ejects and lands on a highway. Uh, what do you think on the theory that he dies? Because the rest of the movie, um, other than Iceman's death, is uh, pretty perfect for Maverick. Everything seems to work out uh, A-OK for him. So what do you think of that theory? Okay, so this is this is the tricky part of this draft system that we have here because this is uh, you're obviously taking um, a bit of a draft from me that I kind of wanted to use as my final pick. Oh no! But when you trade picks, you can't really have that luxury, I guess. Right. Uh, so I'm kind of stuck in between, you know, kind of short answering you and then just restructuring my last pick, or do we go all in now? But I think you know maybe for the sake of listener, we'll just kind of merge that and I'll just. I'll draft the kicker with my last round. Um, so, and now I'm talking directly to the people who roll their eyes at the idea of this being a best picture winner, of this being a great film, of this being an all-time film. Because it is an all-time film. It 1,000% is. It's a movie that people will be discussing 50 to 80 years from now those are numbers i'm throwing very large numbers but they will be discussing this movie at that time 
Hmm. Um, I'm not here to discuss what other movies they'll be talking about, but they will be talking about this one. And the thematic layers of this film kind of make it for me. And uh, I, I do buy very much into that theory that you, that you brought up, Adam. And to me, it's, this movie can be viewed from multiple spectrums, you know, multiple layers where we can just watch this as Top Gun. We can watch this as a Top Gun film, which probably most of us did the first time we saw it. And we can watch it exactly like you discussed. I mean, he absolutely says when he takes that plane off, it's right there, right there laid out for us. One last flight. He says it right before he takes off. One last flight. Like he says, this is it. Mm. Uh, he, the movie jolts and ends as an explosion in the air and we stop and we move to another scene. Uh, there's pretty much from that end of the movie, from that point in the movie to the end, there's never a scene within the film that exists without Tom Cruise at least being in the vicinity of the scene. So like we get like, there's one where, so like uh, they're talking to the recruits about who's going to train them and Tom Cruise is in the room, but he walks into the room. So you can imagine him listening from the background. You know, we get one where he's in the office, but in the other room and you have uh, you have hangman looking at the pictures, but we established that Cruise is in the other room. So this could all still be within Cruise's consciousness. So there's a very realistic idea that this entire world is Tom Cruise's limbo to get to the next stage of his existence, you know, is, is that, mm. okay, he, he thought that, all right, Mach 11, I need to go to Mach 11 to get the, the, the company to continue or the, the, the branch to continue. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to ride off into the sunset. This is going to be how I die. And then he dies. And it's like, no, you have shit. You got to deal with and you got to work on. And, you know, that's fun. But then you wonder is what if, from the very beginning, this is all limbo. Like, what if the, even the Ed Harris stuff, him, like, him at the very start, even the Mach 11 stuff seems a little wacky to me. Where, like, what if this entire movie is just, Pete Mitchell died. Like, the opening credits is, he's already dead, and this is him kind of remembering his whole life. It's kind of like that Birdman uh, yeah. issue, if you've seen that film. So there are little moments of that. Uh, I don't know, what are your thoughts on this one? Because I have more, I have a lot more. Um, I like this theory. I don't know if I buy it, and and the reason is because when they're on the mission at the end, we you know they do cut back to mission control, and he's not there, and we're seeing things in the room with with Cyclone and Warlock and Hondo that Maverick isn't aware of. So that would be kind of a, an argument against that. But, well, but he's he is uh, he is in the consciousness of it. You know what I'm saying? Like so, he's on. They're, they're in radio contact with him. You know what I'm saying? So like the radio okay. contact is the, is, that's his mind. Like his, like, that's them in there. Mm. There's no, like, there's sure. no, like okay. Jennifer yeah. Connelly doesn't like go to the diner and talk mm. to like the, the manager of the diner and be like, Hey man, you know, like, uh, like this old guy from my, my, you know, and we don't get like, yeah. uh, like Jimmy from the bar, like, you know, throwing someone out of the bar when Tom Cruise is up in the air. <laughs> like, it's not like, no, like everything is centering around okay Mitchell. yeah that's fair all right then yeah um i do i don't know that that is actually what happens i mean it's obviously up to interpretation but i don't know if that's what tom cruise and joseph kaczynski 
planned to be the theme, but I do think it's an argument that can be made that that's the correct theory, that that's what happens. You want to have some fun? I want to have a lot of fun. Let's go. What's the date that he taps on the calendar? So he's, he starts in the oh beginning God. about going to Mach 10. I have it, so I'm not going to quiz you. It's oh, like August, I should you with your little... Uh, August uh, August 3rd? It's October 22nd. Taps on the calendar, Mach 9. Taps on the calendar. Hmm. All right, we ready? We are ready. So, uh, so angel numbers. Angel numbers are essentially... The concept of angel numbers are numbers that repeat in your life or show up in your life at for whatever reason it's like you know uh, everywhere i go i see 141 everywhere i go i see 11 and then if, if you believe in that stuff or whatever it is is that this number tends to mean a certain thing so i i am not trying to in, in, intrude on any listener's beliefs or whatever they do i'm just talking about a script writer and what they're trying to build all right yeah. so october 22nd is the 295th day of the calendar so two day 295 so in the angel number world angel number 295 is all about conclusions and endings your angels are alerting you that some old aspects of your life are coming to an end this should motivate you to conclude your projects it's a time to move on to the next phase of your life this is a time to make peace with the choices that you have made in the past. Although you can't change the past, you can determine what the future brings. So I do think that this movie very much establishes from the beginning that we are talking about existentialism. And that is an, that is a, that is an overused phrase. Existential is an overused phrase. It's a phrase that people use to deflect conversation with but like existential essentially means let's go right existence what your existence means and what your existence means within the world that you live and to me him tapping that october 22nd if you want to do the work and you want to look into it they're telling you that this is about this man's life and what he is moving towards and what he believes himself to be and he has unchecked boxes in his life and in a world where you made a promise to someone that you're not gonna let their son go into something and then you're shouldering blame into that and now you're wondering was that the right decision do i have the power to do this do i do i have the power not to do this and then you think about the women that you left behind that you know you focused so much on your professionalism that you mm-hmm. couldn't find love that you couldn't find life and i i do think that this is very much a movie about limbo and a movie about finding yourself finding your past and and figuring out what your existence is and what your relevance to this world is i think it's all there and that's when people say to me that top gun maverick is not a best picture type of movie or it's not a great movie i don't think you're i don't think you're looking close enough i think you need to look a little bit further this is a fucking great film. And I think the layers within this film, we could talk at a much longer than this podcast can go. <laughs> and maybe we'll, maybe we'll find another, another avenue to do so. Um, that's why this is going to be my last pick. If you weren't going to bring it up, but Hey, we brought it up. That's it. Let's be doing now. I, I, I think that there's, that there's so much to discuss with what this movie is trying to say. So I'm going to kick it off to you because I've already talked about. 
that was great. Holy shit. That was awesome. I did not expect that. That was great. Um, you got me. You convinced me. I was on the fence about this theory and you have completely just tipped me over the fence. You came over and shoved me and I, I have landed firmly on your side. And those people who argue this isn't a best picture movie can just go fuck themselves. How about that? Um, yeah. And it does make sense, you know, because the scene that I mentioned earlier when he shows up to the bar in the in the Navy Whites, that is very much like a like it's shot like a dream type sequence. I mean, mm -hmm. the bar is completely full and yet it just like completely parts the sea for Connolly to just look at him and go talk to him. And, yep. and everything else is just irrelevant. It, it's just what he's, you know, he's experiencing and what he wants. That's a good theory. And maybe the Iceman thing, you know, maybe he wanted Iceman to come join him because that's his wingman. So. Yeah. And dude, when we, when, you know, you, you people are rolling my eyes about the angel numbers here. What is this movie about? It's all about the wings, man. This is a movie. What does he tap into yeah. the fucking coffin? He taps the wings into the coffin. Yeah. There's no doubt that someone looked into that and thought that. He points at that date. The mm -hmm. 295th date in the Gregorian calendar is right there for you. Uh, and, and dude, and I, I mentioned there are three ways to watch this movie, which is why it's multi-layered, is, is that this mm -hmm. isn't just about the character and the character's limbo and what the character was and what the character is trying to maybe reach. It's about cinema and it's about film and it's yeah. about where film was back in the eighties and what, and, and what uh, filmmakers were trying to do and what they had to work with. And in a movie like Top Gun in 84, when they're using real aircraft carriers and they're using real jets and they're, all trying to make this work and Tony Scott and, and Tony Scott has shouted out at the end of the film, this, this movie's mm -hmm. rest in peace, Tony Scott's dead, get it. what he was trying to do with that film. Well, while it's not the greatest movie of all time and it's just kind of is what it is. You look at that and you look at what Tom Cruise has endured throughout his career, what, and what kind of film became. And here we are building a film leading into the late ends of the 2010s where we're saying, no, we're not going to use CGI and we're not going to use these uh, green screen effects. We are going to use practical effects. We're going to make our actors get used to the they're gonna get their ass in the plane. astronauts. Like we're like, like look, we're going to, we're going to put them in like astronaut training yeah. to get them used to these G G five uh, examples. And they're going to throw up and they're going to, and, and they're going to mm. be miserable. And we're going to get a couple of, you know, we're going to get a star. Miles Teller was a star at that point. Yeah. I think that there's themes within the movie that are saying that too, is saying it's like, this is where I was. I can still show you, I can do it. You know, it's like, oh, we're, we're, oh you're training them to show them they can't do it. It's like, no, I'll do it myself. Mm -hmm. And Tom Cruise is saying, I will do it myself in this film. And here he is going through all of that. And he's, he's there with them. You know, he's, it's not just like, hey, this is how a movie should be. No green screen, no CGI, go do it. It's like, this is how a movie should be. No green screen. Here we are. I'm doing it with you. And, mm -hmm. and he's doing that too. So to me, this movie has, has those multiple layers of it. And I think, uh, I think looking into the future, looking into the limbo, into whatever sort of heaven that Pete Mitchell and Maverick found, thankfully they brought cinema into that heaven too because we can still go to the theaters and double feature Oppenheimer and double feature Barbie and I can't wait once this writer strike is over to to see what the next level of, of filmmaking is going to be. 
And I hope that they follow the Tom Cruises and they follow the Christopher Nolans of the world. And they can say, we can still do practical effects and make this shit look good without just saving a dollar. I mean, Christ, if if Nolan had cast Cruz in Oppenheimer, he would have made an atomic bomb himself. He just would have been like, he would have been like, give me six months. I can figure it out. I can build one. No, this is a great. And the Ed Harris scene at the beginning when he comes in, that's a complete metaphor for the movie industry as a whole. When he's like, you know, we don't need people like you, you know, and basically saying we don't need movie theaters. We can stream. We can you don't need to go out and spend 20 bucks on a movie ticket and then another 15 on the concessions and wait in line at the bathroom and sit next to strangers who are coughing on you. You can do it at home. And Tom Cruise says, maybe one day we're going to get there, but not today. Not on my watch. Yeah, man. It's fantastic. And that's what I'm talking about is that, is that you can watch the film that way where they're they're making a very uh, uh, specific reference to the, to the cinema industry. Or you can watch it just like the movie is on its surface level. It's a Top Gun movie, which is the way most people watch, and it's great. But you can watch it as a, as a as a human movie and as a a personal movie and as an existential movie, as, a, as someone trying to find themselves and unable to separate their professional life from their personal life. And he's so dedicated, and they talk all the time. Like, You're still captain. You're still captain. It's like no, because this is what I love to do. He doesn't advance. Even within his profession, like the thing that he loves, he doesn't advance within it because there's a certain niche of it that he loves so much. And mm. and if we go back to what we're talking about with the, the cinema analogies, like there are probably people telling Tom Cruise, like, why don't you go do the period piece and win the win the uh, Oscars? Like, well, I've been there before, and this is what I want to do. This is where I want to yeah. fly. Mm. Uh, I, I I think that this is a, a character and uh, a portrayal of a character that we could have a roundtable discussion on for hours upon hours. And uh, I, I love the human nature of the Pete Mitchell character and the Maverick character mm. and his obsession over a profession that is dying and how it has essentially stunted his life and stunted his uh, personal growth. And and he's mm. uh, obsessing over his lost friend's son and he's unable to build a romantic life because of it. And there's just so much there. There's so much there. And and the movie doesn't do the work for you. It lets you do the work. So, Well, that was awesome. That was way better than I was Good pick. Good draft that pick. Was, was, yeah, you came prepared <laughs> for that. Holy shit. Um, all right. Let's head to the fifth round. What's your final pick? Oh, ham. Rum ham. Hey. John ham. <laughs> let's talk John ham right now. Uh, dude. Let me tell you about my experience with John Hamm in this film. Uh, so the first time I saw this in theaters, honestly, I was pretty eye-rolly annoyed by him. I'm like, here we go. He's like the officious, stiff character who's going to say, hey, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get in the way of the, the plot line and this and that. And, you know, when, when I revisited this on VOD, it was okay, this is, I'm kind of digging Ham this time, I feel like. You know, like he's like, I'm seeing what he's doing. I watched this thing last night, man. He crushes it. It is it is an unbelievable character. There are elements and um, little nuances to what he's doing that are so strong. And uh, he, he has kind of gotten pigeonholed a bit as an actor where he's this, he's got to either be a cop or a military guy or uh, I don't know what that is. I think it's like a, I feel like they, these TV actors get a little bit of a, a stink on them mm. where they kind of get shoved yeah. in a little bit of a hole with it. But 
I really appreciate what he's doing in this film and his reaction shots, which we referenced earlier, are just killer. And uh, I, I, I think it's so important to have. He's playing the Iceman role from the first one, but in he's, he's doing a blend of that and then the guy in the in the early part and the Ed, Ed Harris is doing. He's kind of molding all those together, and it just sort of works within the structure of the, of the movie. And it could be so fucking basic and so bland and i think they picked the right actor for it and he really crushes it yeah he did really well he's he's such a pain in the ass in the movie it was fantastic um, <laughs> he's a wonderful pain in the ass it is it's great um yeah i do think i don't really buy him much as a cop like in the town like which is a movie i fucking love but i'm just like eh, it's, i think he's much better in a comedic role i think he's much stronger um he's fbi in uh in uh richard jewell i don't know if that's one you you've seen um, I haven't no, does, and I haven't yeah, he does seen, a pretty uh, solid job in that. I haven't seen Mad Men. That's on my list of shows I really want to watch. Uh, I'm suffering through it a bit right now. I'm I'm, I'm oh, two right. seasons in, and I'm I'm, I'm waving the the towel. People come, you gotta stick, gotta stick with it. You gotta stick with it. Mm. Uh, um, but uh, no, but he is the by far the best part of it. I mean, it's not you're not gonna like. There's oh, no okay. point where he isn't like amazing. He's amazing in it. But it's just that the the extended cast gets a little a, a little tiresome at, at times but um, yeah yeah um, no I, he's he, he I, to me he crushes it in this film he's great i yeah i think he's he's great i've always wondered though like why they wouldn't want maverick going on this mission from the beginning he's literally the best fighter pilot in the world and they're just like eh, we want to send a bunch of kids we think that's the better option like what are you doing cyclone well, there's two answers to that question. You know, one would be in the world, the Top Gun world, which would be Iceman is, thinks that it's better for him to teach and to take a step outside of himself. To me, in this world, Iceman is, knows that Maverick needs to find the next step within his life. Mm. He can't keep being the guy. He's got he's to learn that someone else has to be the guy. You know, and he's got to teach the guy and do that, this and that. That's and great. then in the in the in the existential world of this, it's that to be someone holding him back so that he can find his way through. You know, like yeah. it's that, it, and and Iceman is the kind of the god character. Yeah. And once that god leaves life, then they're they're holding you back, and he and he needs to find his way through. So, yeah, oh, yeah. Ham is Ham is a is is there to is definitely there to play interference with what's going on. But, and he does have a great emotional journey because when, you know, when him and Maverick are yelling at one point, um, he's like, you know, you need to teach them how to complete this mission. And Maverick goes, and to come home. And you can see Ham's reaction of like, he had never even considered that that was part of this mission is making sure they actually get back home. And then fast forward to the actual mission when everybody's yelling and screaming at him that they need to go find Maverick. And he's like, We're, I'm not losing anyone else today. So he's come on that in full emotional arc of like he didn't really care about i mean he did care about them but it was more about the mission to now it's more about the people than the mission yeah yeah a thousand percent uh so yeah that was a great pick all right my last pick i always love to have fun and i've, I've started a trend now of doing a draft within a draft i want us to draft fighter pilots for our mission so you and i are both gonna do a mission into a an unknown territory um, we assume Russia, but you never know. And we have to draft from the fighter pilots in this movie, our team. But I'm not going to make you like logistically think of like who's a backseater, who's a wingman, all that stuff. Just we're each going to pick five fighter pilots, and it's just the kids that are eligible. So we okay. got we got Rooster, Hangman, Phoenix, Bob, 
Payback, Coyote, Fanboy. And then I had to pick three of the non-featured ones. So I went Omaha, Yale, and Halo. Feel free Ooh. to add, pick someone else yeah, if you want the, to. Those the, are the circus picks at the end there. Yeah, um, but I will. we're going to snake it. So do you want number one or do you want two and three? Well, uh, I mean, I feel like I, I did the trading for the first pick, so I got to let you take the – well, I got to let you – I'll defer. I'll defer, right? You you choose. Do you want one or do you want two and three? Because I got, I, I got to do the do the maneuvering uh, for the initial. I'll go two and three. Oh, good. I wanted one anyway. Uh, okay. Hangman. Absolutely hangman. Listen, man, I'm a baseball coach, and I've, I've, I've held off on uh, pining into that, but I'm always a guy who's give me the best talent, and I'll mm-hmm. work with him. I'll figure him out. I'll, I'll, I'll work with the talent. Like I, I, uh, I, I love the, I love the, the team guys. I love the guys who are, are good soldiers. But give me that, give me that stud in the mix, and we'll, uh, we'll find a way to make him work within the team. So, gotta be hangman is, is number one. I think that's the right pick. Um, I love his mindset too. He's the, you know, he's just gonna walk into any room. He's gonna throw his dick on the table and be like, "I'm the best here." And we haven't know. done a lot of talking about him. He's he's pretty fucking great in this film, man. I love him. He's got his like slightly maybe cheesy moments, but like I I totally dig I totally dig him and the work he's doing in this film. Yeah, he's great, and he loves that song and the screenplay with him too. That's a great, you know. I am good, Rooster. I am very good. And it comes back when he saves him. That's a good pick. Second pick, I'm going to go Phoenix. She's a, she is a badass. Mentally, she's very tough. Um, she does not give a shit what you ask her to do. She's going to do it, and she's going to figure out a way to get it done. Um, so I'll take Phoenix. And then I'm going to take Rooster because I love Rooster. I don't know that he's necessarily the right pick here, but I'm going to do it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna feel okay about it. Yeah, he's the right pick there. I I, I would say that. Um, now, do I take two or do you I get, take one? Yeah, you get the next two now. How how many are left? Uh, so what's left on the board is Bob, Payback, Coyote, Fanboy, Omaha, Yale, and Halo. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Fanboy's next. I love his energy. I love uh, what he's trying to do. I thought he should have died in the film. Um, that's just me. I I, I wanted bigger <laughs> stakes. Like I thought, someone should have bit the dust. Someone should either, have died. Yeah, yeah. Especially like if you weren't going to kill someone in the in the testing scene where Coyote blacks out. Um, that should have been the one. But, get yeah. someone when they're like going through the bridges. Like I like to maybe even like someone like just doesn't go through the bridge well and they're playing balls. I was like, oh shit, oh, no. You know, like yeah, like it was like <laughs> oh like stakes, give me stakes. So like there were there should have been someone should have bit the dust on on their end. You know, like we had some blood in Top Gun. I need a little little more blood in Top Gun there. But no, I like Payback's energy. I think he's uh he's like a he's a fired up member on the bench. He's gonna when he gets in the game, he's gonna he's gonna show some action. I suppose I'll take Bob next uh, because he's a mechanic, you know, like he's, he's going to be, I don't, I don't love, I don't love his, his essence. You know, I don't love the idea that he's wearing a shirt on the beach. It's uh, that's going to be the first thing I'm going to talk to him about. I was like, what's going on, man? You know, like (laughs) other than, other than the chunky guy in the Ravens Jersey, you're the only guy wearing the, wearing the shirt on the beach. Like, well, we're, we're, we're in the air force here. You got to let the sun rise here. Uh, so that's no good. So we'll, we'll see him. We'll, we'll correct that behavior early, but yeah, Bob is at least going to give me the, the technical aspect that I need. Uh, I can pair him with, I can pair him with, uh, with, um, either, you know, I mean, I guess that's, well, I'll have to talk about where the roster fits from there. It's like, do I want to put him with hangman or maybe, uh, I, I guess I, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, Bob and Bob and Fanboy is a little bit of a beta crew, um, but you know, we'll, we'll work it out from there. We'll work it out from there. That's we'll beef see. for them. That, those are good picks, though. Uh, I, I definitely had my well, Bob was on our board. We we had him circled. We're like, if he slips to us in the third round, we're gonna take him. Um, have you heard about the beach scene? Like like, like the filming about that for this movie? I have not. No. So it's they they did it for like weeks. They were working on it because they all had to be like obviously in fantastic shape for that scene. And they've been working on it for weeks. And finally they were like, all right, we got it. And the whole, like all the kids went and like to Shake Shack or whatever and just completely gorged out. And while they were there, Tom Cruise called Teller or someone and was like, yeah, we didn't get it. We got to, we got to keep going. And they're like, no, (laughs) they had to like throw all their food away and like work out. Uh, They were so sad because Cruise called them and was like, yeah, we got to keep going. We actually didn't get it. Uh, Amazing. All right, so I am going to take Coyote because he showed great instincts. You know, I don't love that he blacked out. That's a problem. Uh, I don't want him. Little sign of weakness there. Um, You can have him. That little sign of weakness there, but he did at the very last second was able to pull up and save himself and not explode into the land. So that showed me some instincts. So I think he, you know, could have some potential. And then I'm going to reach and take Yale. Because uh, with a name like Yale, he's probably pretty smart. So I'm going to uh, uh, kind of a blind pick. We don't really get him much, but he's got to be smart with a name like that. So I'm going to I'm going to bet on intelligence. All right. All right. And I get so I get one pick at the end, then I guess. Right. Uh, no, or you have, get two. You have two picks here. So what's left are Payback, Omaha and Halo. Have fun. OK. Um, so I'm going to take I'm going to take Paul Mezcal um, from uh, <laughs> After Sun. There you go. Uh, he's gonna. He has to. <laughs> he has to. He has to show us why he deserved that Oscar nomination. He's got to get in there. Uh, of course, his tag name is After Sun. Uh, that's his. That's his mm, call name. That'd be good. And uh, I think he'll. I think he'll do a good job. So um, <laughs> and then go. so that's one. And uh, my other one is going to be uh, Bill Nye. And uh, oh. Bill Nye is going to be is going to hop in there. And his of course his tag name is living uh living and he's gonna get in there and uh he might black out he very much might black out but we're not letting him get off the aircraft carrier well he won't be living long because i'm gonna have rooster <laughs> fucking get some uh get some target on him and shoot him out of the sky <laughs> so <laughs> he won't be living long um good picks good picks i'll take uh, i'll take payback with my last pick so sorry omaha and halo you didn't you didn't make the draft I didn't even. I had to look up Halo. I didn't even. I couldn't even name a, a tenth person. I had to. I had to Warlock is a Warlock is a choice I could have made too. I love Warlock. True. I would have loved to see Warlock and Cyclone get up in a plane. See what they can do. Maybe Hondo. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Um. All right. That was the draft. That was fun. Let's close it out with uh with the legacy. What we think the legacy of this movie will be. Yeah, I think I uh, before I I, I mentioned uh, I I think that they'll be watching this movie sixty to eighty years from now. I think that it's going to be the crowning moment of a wonderful career for Tom Cruise. I think when people say the words Top Gun, they're going to remember this film, not the original. And any time a sequel can do that, there's not not many examples of that. I mean, there really aren't. You know, I I think maybe Terminator 2 has come close to that, but I think it's the greatest sequel of all time. Ooh, I I like that. I, I would agree. I think it is as well. It's an iconic movie. 
I think it's definitely going to be the movie from 2022 that people are talking about the most. It's not going to be everything everywhere. It's going to be this movie. They're going to teach this in film classes for decades to come. And it is the crowning achievement. Like you said, the greatest movie from one of the greatest movie stars we've ever seen. And maybe the last great movie star we'll ever see. Um, and it's it's his crowning achievement. And yeah, I think it's going to be remembered for a very long time. Yeah, I don't know that it'll be the last great movie star we'll ever see. Or, you know, I do think that something like cinema and film will always reinvent itself. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. if there were pundits in in the 1920s, they'll say Buster Keaton was the best, the last movie star we'll ever see. You know, like, uh, and, and, you know, maybe a while for us, maybe it might be mm-hmm. the last movie star that we see, you know, yeah. that, that you and I see. But I mm-hmm. do think that, life tends to reinvent itself and and tends to yeah. it, it, it tends to survive you know as it goes and you know will they be studying this film in film classes i'm not sure i know that this movie will be a part of people's lives because mm-hmm. it's it just it it has that essence about it and they're going to be watching this film uh, after i'm gone you know which is a cool mm-hmm. thing it's a cool thing to, to think about so yeah and i'll definitely give it the oscar when I get to my podcast, the Revisionist Almanac, it'll definitely be winning the best picture. I can't wait for that episode. I I really want Joey R on that one just to be such a fight. Oh geez, you're gonna need backup though. Oh, the, you're, the, you're welcome to come on. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, you're gonna need backup. That might have to be a four person episode because towards the Joey R, be, yeah, you don't want to hit any cat match. You, you might you might be in trouble. That'll be, uh, you'll love this reference. That'll be like uh, the Hardy Boys versus the Dudley Boys. You know these these latter tag team yeah ladder match that's right yeah Yeah. tlc yeah i think it's safe to say we both like the movie we're both high on top gun maverick um before we go though why don't we uh buzz the tower and have you plug everything you're doing and where they can find you oh of course if you're still here listening to me then maybe you want to check out what else i'm doing i i think and uh it's at best picture casts at best picture cast we we cover all the best picture winners in no particular order. We're over 60 in the books right now. So you can come and check out any of the 60 that we've done. The very earlier ones that we started, uh, our, our podcast launched in January of 2020. We're kind of revisiting some of the earliest ones. Adam, you were on our uh, re- revisitation of our third episode, Rain Man. Yeah. Little Tom Cruise love there. Lots How was fun. that experience for you? Oh, it was a blast. Yeah, it was it was so much fun. Uh, it was it was it was very good. One one of my best performances, I think. Uh, I really I really wanted to bring it on that one. Uh, it, it was yeah, you crushed it. Yeah, me and Chris G had a good time. So, uh, so we are doing the early episodes. We are entering into the next section. But in addition to the best picture uh, winners, what we do is we also do our tournaments, which is a big a big part of what we are. And uh, as of today of recording. We just dropped our our draft of sub 50 movies so the movies ranked under 50 percent on rotten tomatoes so uh we all drafted them and now they're going to go head to head in a world cup style tournament i don't know when this movie's when this podcast is going to drop but i hope that the tournament's still alive and, and going at that point and uh mm-hmm. get on vote vote on on twitter x and vote on instagram and you can get your voice heard your your favorite bad movie a couple a couple of those movies drafted that people may have heard of ace ventura pet detective was one of the ones picked in that one uh tommy boy was one of them um 
for the Star Wars fans there, The Last Jedi is in the mix. Uh, oh, Batman Forever, Val, the Val Kilmer. We give our Val Kilmer connection. Ooh. What's going on here? Um, I selected uh, that along with Rocky Four. Rocky Four is that's, the next. Drago. That's a good one. Yeah, that's... Billy Madison, uh, uh, and uh, many more, many more. So go out and check it. Check it out. Super Troopers. If you're a Super Troopers fan. There's a lot of movies in that mix there. Go out and vote for your favorite one. And Best Picture Cast, at Best Picture Cast, Twitter, Twitter X, Instagram, Facebook. Come and get us. No Twilight. Disappointed. Tough no pick, Twilight. man. I mean, uh, just qualified to. Twilight didn't get it. I mean, tough, tough omission there. Uh, don't yeah. underestimate the Twilight fever. Don't, don't underestimate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but go check out everything they're doing. They're a lot of fun. Even if you haven't seen the movies, they're a lot of fun to listen to. Um, so go check that out and all their drafts. You say you don't pick them in any particular order, but there's got to be some way you pick them. How do you how do you pick what movies you do when? Um, just are you talking about like the the best picture winners? Yeah, yeah. I I, sp- I try to spread out decades, spread out years. Mm. Like I don't want to I don't want to do like a bunch of sixties in a row. I don't want to do a bunch of twenties in a row. Like I just. Honestly, like, you know, I know there's a lot of guys who podcast out there who like plan like and I and I think you're one of them that plan like two, three years in advance. I'm a big planner. I just yeah. kinda like wake up on a Tuesday and I'm like, ah ordinary people, let's do it. Fuck it. You know, like uh, so that's just how I am. I, I wait till the I wait till the movie finds me, you know. And um William Freakin' just uh William Freakin' just passed. So we'll probably be doing a little a little teaser for the opening of season four. French Connection will be uh, a movie we'll be doing Ooh. to start uh, season four. I don't know if it'll be the nice. first episode, but it will either be the first or the second episode. So nice. we'll drop a little. That's a that's a hot news right there. We're dropping Ooh. hot news right off the press. No, I respect I respect that. I mean, I do plan ahead years, but then I also end up scrapping most of my plans. By the time it gets there, I've changed them uh, many <laughs> times over. But uh, yeah, well, thanks for coming on, man. This was a blast. Thank you for picking maverick uh, i picked you to do this pod because i know we both enjoy tom Cruise, and i was like i feel like he might pick maverick so i wanted to <laughs> get you <laughs> all right well next time pick me for someone where you you know it might be unpredictable so we don't know what uh what'll become next but hey listen man it i i picked each matchup truly and honestly and it it happened the way it happened so yeah but i had a blast doing the tournament i had a blast on this episode and, am i still the uh do i have the most episodes of of the, the streaming circuit at this point Oh yeah, you must. Yeah, because you've done well. You've done four Oscars episodes. Super bad. Um, not super bad. Um, what are they? Old school and Step Brothers. So that's six. This is this makes eight. Uh, I love that. I love. Yeah. Uh, I love. I love owning that little area there. That that's cool. I'm still uh, as far as our our Gmote uh, friends. I'm just trying to get that hat over there though. So I think I got my third <laughs> one coming up soon over at the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast. Yeah, go and it's check a good them. one. We got some Eastwood coming up, baby. Hey, yo, there you go. Grand Torino. Grand Torino. Can't wait. That's going to that's gonna be fun. Grand Turismo is coming out next week. That's oh. interesting. Um, I get my, uh, I'm doing my fifth episode over there in Thanksgiving, I believe. So you're getting your hat. I'll get my hat. Yep. Damn. Even though uh, I do a side pod with him, and I feel like that should count too. Cause Doesn't count. If Dana, if Dana ain't there <laughs> sipping bourbon, it don't count. That's, that's true. Dana is delightful. The other guy's fine, but Dana's Dana's pretty good. I should have drafted Dana as my my fifth pilot there. Damn it! That What's his been... call sign? Uh, oh, legend. Uh, bur- bourbon. <laughs>
uh, that'd be yeah. Cyclone's just yelling at him, and he just goes, "Okay, okay." <laughs> uh, shout out Dana, Dana, we love you. Uh, well, uh, thanks for coming on, man. This was a blast, and uh, looking forward to talking uh, 2010 Oscars in a few months. The Revisionist Almanac, there it is. Yeah, wow. with uh, with Corns and I, we're going back every Oscars. Your podcast is not a Who Should Have Won podcast. Ours is exclusively a Who Should Have Won podcast. And I have a yeah. feeling you and I are going to, as much as we connected on this episode, I, I, I don't think we're going to connect on that one. I think we're going to go we may battle. at each we other's throats. I think the so. The only thing I ask is that you sit down and have a an honest viewing of the King's speech. But I will say this: I appreciate what you guys are doing. It's gonna be fun, and I can't wait till we do our our streaming circuit Oscars twenty twenty four viewing the movies of twenty twenty three because I think mm. it'll be three years in a row of me doing that for you. Yes, right? that'll be fun, and this has been a good year for movies, so I'm excited for it. I think so too. I Hopefully, so too. air gets in. Let's go air. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know about that, but uh, I liked her. I liked her, but I think he got a little excited in, in February about that. But I, I did, um, I did for yeah. sure. <laughs> oh well. All right. Well, let's buzz the tower and head on out of here. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.